James Webb Telescope satellite sending back images for us, which is what is on the screen up there behind you. It's one of the images that have come back from the new infrared technology that they use, made up of multiple mirrors that they're drawing from, bringing this data back to supercomputers that are putting together these images that we're being able to see for the first time. I mean, I was impressed with the Hubble telescope, okay? But I will tell you, what's coming back from the James Webb is just un, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's absolutely breathtaking and amazing. You know, I think one of the, 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 I think one of the things that we find ourselves in, in, in churches today, and, and sometimes even we as Christians and as believers, we, I think sometimes we lose sight of this. I don't know if you understand the significance of of what you see up here, but some of those bright places that you see up there are universes, stars. I mean, they're just they're just things that are that are out there that is that is phenomenal. That's that is and this is just one of the images that have come back. I mean, there there are multiple ones that keep coming back from from outer space you know one of the things that I have a difficult time wrapping my hands around and matter of fact I had a conversation with someone just this past week that had the same thing I just cannot get it across in my mind that space goes on forever I just can't I just can't comprehend that and I said well you weren't designed to comprehend that because we have a finite mind we live in a very time ordered plane we're not we're not we don't have we don't have the we don't have the ability or the capability to be able to to comprehend past that space and so as i've looked at these images and i've gone through and i and i've and i've considered them i said do you realize that that God did all this. That God did all this. Matter of fact, if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to, to Isaiah chapter 40, we're going on a journey this morning. I think one of the things that we need to do in our churches today is to get back that we understand who God is and understand what we mean when we say the sovereignty of God. I think that is a term and a, and a phrase and a subject we've become afraid of. We've, we've, we're afraid to, to even consider or talk about the sovereignty of God. Is, is God sovereign? What is the magnitude of the sovereignty of God? Well, in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 21... I want you to notice is the prophet Isaiah as he relates this for us. He says, do you not know? Do, do you not know? Ha, have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? haven't you heard hasn't it been declared to you 
I would venture to say that probably everybody sitting in this auditorium today, at some point in time, you've, you've heard this over and over and over and over and over again. You know, one of the most amazing things to me is we live out in a place where when it gets dark, it gets dark. The only exception is the little security lights that are outside, okay? But it, it gets dark out there. And one of the things that is just absolutely breathtaking to me is to get out there at night on a clear night and look up in the sky and I mean it is just it is filled with every I, I mean they're, they're just they're, they're white dots everywhere and every once in a while you'll get the moon or you'll get the sliver of the moon and all of these things the constellations and I'm going to tell you something, one of the other things that you're, you're able to see out there is finally for once you're, you're able to detect some of the constellations that are out there and be able to see them and matter of fact do you understand that Orion and and the bear and many of those constellations are mentioned in the scripture themselves well look at the next verse of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22 it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth but he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries them away like stubble I mean even when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate and Pilate looked at Jesus and said don't you understand that I have the power right now within my hand and Jesus looked at him and said the only reason that you have any inkling of that power is because God gave it to you verse 25 he says to whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal says the holy one Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing not one of them is missing so when we use the phrase or the term the sovereignty of God or God's sovereignty what exactly do we mean well here's a simple definition for you God's all-encompassing rule over the entire universe that is the sovereignty of God if you want to boil it down to a very short phrase it is God's all-encompassing rule over the entire universe. In other words, God's exercise of power over his creation is called God's sovereignty. He created it. He spoke it into existence. Now, I don't know about you. Okay, I, 
for me when God created all that we have in the creation as is unfolded for us in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 when he when he created and he made man out of the dust of the ground and when he created it all he looked at all of it at the end of the at the end of each day and he said it is good well my gracious the perfect one himself created it the perfect one himself spoke it into existence the perfect one himself who named all of the stars who keeps them all in place and the entire universe today have you ever thought about this or comprehended this just spend some time and just think about this for a moment why does the earth after all of these years continuing year after year day after day after day sits at exactly the right tilt revolves at exactly the right pace or speed the magnetic fields that are associated with the earth as we know it inside of all of this universe never moving any closer to the sun or any further back away from the sun never losing its orbital path at all held together by what held together by consequence held together by circumstance no my dear friend listen to me it is held together by god almighty himself So no wonder even the kings of the earth and kings of nations today. Matter of fact, the scripture tells it it is God who raises up kings and it is God who puts down kings according to his what? According to his will. Why? He's the sovereign God. That's why. Everything in the universe as we know it, everything that takes place orchestrated by a holy God it is his exercise of rule as sovereign or king over his creation you know that god created the heavens and the earth i mean we've read about it here in the old testament but it's also affirmed for us in the new testament over and over and over again so it's not just an old testament concept matter of fact if you'll take your bibles and turn with me to acts chapter number four Acts chapter 4 the very sovereignty of God affirmed for us even in the even in the New Testament Acts chapter number 4 it speaks of God as the sovereign Lord Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse 24 Acts chapter 4 verse 24 and so when they heard this they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said O Lord it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them It's an affirmation as to the sovereignty of God himself. He's the one who created it all. The heaven, the earth, and all that is in them. Who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David your servant said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And it goes on as they 
reflect on the very sovereignty of God and who He is. I mean, that's who He is. The God who created all that there is. Matter of fact, one of the amazing things to me is the human body. And matter of fact, all of the miles of, of veins and arteries that run through our bodies and and just the just the thought that within inside of our bodies are all of these strands that 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 give off electrical impulses and each one of them fires exactly at the prescribed time that it needs to more amazing than that is the is the human heart i mean that heart that muscle that beats inside of your chest i got to thinking the other day mine's been beating for a long time and I'm thankful today it ain't stopped yet. Now, that doesn't mean it won't stop tomorrow, but it hasn't stopped yet. I'm going to tell you something. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good return, huh? On that muscle. Look at the human eye. The most amazing thing to me is the human eye. Matter of fact, how it takes that image and it has to, it, when, when it sees it, our brain calculates everything, that's so that... I can see you standing upright in the way you're supposed to. You know how that's all done? The human brain does all of that. So immediately, instantaneously, when you're looking at things, it's happening, it's processing with inside of your brain. Are you ready for this? God made it that way. That's who He is. Affirming and confessing that God is the one who created all things is, a, is the very foundation of who God is. It's the very foundation of who God is. And I'm going to tell you something. That's where the church needs to get back to. Is we need to understand individually and personally. We need to get, I believe today, a new vision of who God is. Understand. Him as a holy God is the sovereign God, the creator of all, the one who holds all things into place and existence. But let me ask you a question. How do we see ourselves before Him? Go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Paul and Barnabas explain that they are messengers of the living God. Acts chapter 14. And let's start in verse number 11. And so when the crowd saw that Paul or saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice saying in the Lycaonian language, the gods have become like men and have come down to us. And so they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their robes and they rushed out into the crowd, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, 
and preach the gospel to you that you should turn from these vain things and notice what he says to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them the difficulty that you hear or that you have is placing your trust and confidence and faith in nothing more than mere men let me introduce you to the one who is sovereign over all of creation let me introduce you to the one who made heaven and earth let me introduce you to the one who made heaven and earth and all that's in it let me introduce you to that one mere men objects of stone or gold or wood can never accomplish for you what is necessary and if that's not enough go to Acts chapter 17 Paul in Athens is at Mars Hill Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse 22 Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse 22 so Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and he said men of Athens I observe that you are very religious in all respects for while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. And then look at verse 24. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation let me tell you something it is God who gives life and it is God who takes life God is sovereign over all that's who he is let me ask you a question one of the one of the interesting things on Wednesday night is we're going through the book of Job what is interesting in the book of Job Job has three friends Eliphaz, Bildad and Zophar and so of his three friends that Job has he finally gets to the point that Job's about had all of it he could stand and you come to chapter 38 and God asked Job a very interesting question he said all right Job he said let's just start at the beginning here and he says so where were you when where were you when what what do you mean where was I when when the very foundations of the world were framed where were you and he just he goes on from chapter 38 and it's just it's a continual questioning and he asked Job this question he said so who provides counsel to God 
My dear friend, I'm afraid I think we've gotten to the point in our churches today where we think we know just a little bit more than God knows. And I don't think we're ever going to see revival in the church till the church gets back to the point that we see God the way we should see Him. From the Scripture. He's sovereign God. He is a holy God. True, he's a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. What counsel can any of us provide to the very one who created and made us? The very one who controls life himself. It is God who controls life, not us. And so when we consider the magnitude of who God is, let me tell you what it ought to do. It ought to drive us to our knees when we consider God Almighty and who He is. Understanding and realizing that one day, that one day we're going to get to behold what all of Scripture has written about. You know, as I read the book of the Revelation, one of the things that I just I have a hard time getting my hands around is is in, in the heaven where God dwells. Do you understand? In the heaven where God dwells, all around the throne, day after day for us, because we're, we're in a finite time frame. God is not. But continually around the throne, it is nothing but holy, holy, holy praise and worship of God Himself and who He is. My dear friend, that's the God that we serve today. He's the God of all creation. And so when there's needs and when we find ourselves in the place that we find ourselves today, instead of running to all of the marketing gurus out there to try to figure out what we need to do from here, bless God, why don't we just turn back to a sovereign God and find out what He desires for us to do? He knows the day. He knows the hour. He knows who we are. He knows our frame. He created all that there is. You say, Brother Robert, you okay? Let me tell you something. Over the last few weeks, I've gotten a view of God that has just been... I, I, I feel like I'm just... There's just not enough words. Go to Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10 and verse number 1. And I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven clothed with a cloud. And the rainbow was upon his head and his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. Could you imagine being John? 
Is John witness this stuff? Huh? Trying to give us a glimpse of what he might have seen. Verse 2, and he had in his hand a little book which was open. And he placed his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice. As when a lion roars and when he had cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. When the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and he swore by him that I saw standing on the sea and on the land and swore by him who lives forever and ever. Verse 6. And notice how he responds. Who created heaven and the things in it and the earth and the things in it and the sea and the things in it that there will be delay no longer. Even the angel, even the angels present at creation know who he is. And some say they ought to, they should. Are you ready for this? Be careful. We ought to as well. We ought to know who he is. I hope you brought your Bibles with you. Because we're not done. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me tell you the scripture over and over and over and over and over again. You know, we often call the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews the Faith Hall of Fame. Some people call it that. But we see all of the individuals who are lifted that by faith they went down a path. They they chose to follow God. Starting in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, notice as the writer of Hebrews pens for us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand. By faith we understand. That the world were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. Hmm. Get your arms around that one. God himself said, let there be light. Do you understand the significance of that? He spoke it into existence. The stars he hung. The moon and the sun. Have you ever wondered about the sun? Man, that thing just keeps, it just stays right there where it is. And guess what? Just hold on. It's going to start getting cooler. 
Some of y'all will get that in a little bit. Maybe the end of October, first part of November. It'll get a little bit cooler here. But is that, is that, is that because the sun is lower in the thermostat? Uh-uh. It all has to do with the way God designed it and put it into place. go back to Psalm chapter 90 you say brother Robert you spend a lot of time in the scripture yeah because it doesn't my opinion is not the point Psalm chapter 90 verse 1 and verse 2 Psalm chapter 90, verse 1 and verse 2, notice as the psalmist writes for us. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you're what? You are God. Mm-hmm. Try this one on for size. God never had a beginning, doesn't have an end. You ready for this? Brother Robert, don't you have a problem with that? No. Let me tell you why. Because he's the God of all creation. That's who he is. Let me ask, how many of y'all, any of y'all present at creation? If you raised your hand, I want to talk to you after the service is over with. You've been around for a while. Same question he asked Job. So, Job, where were you? Now you understand Hebrews chapter 11. Understanding and realizing that all that we see, we have faith in the very one who created it all. You see, God rules over all of the universe and nothing in creation is to be worshipped instead of or in addition to God. We don't worship the creature more than we do the creator. No matter how beautiful we may see things. And this right here, I'm going to tell you something. I've done nothing but sit and go through these images that are coming back from this from this piece of technology and I just sit there in just absolute awe but I don't worship this because I know where it comes from I know why it is because God put it there you know some people you know I hear Christians all the time they get, they get upset because Christians pursue the study of science or technology well let me share something with you the study of science and technology glorifies God as well you say, well, from what means? It enables us to discover just how wise, how powerful, and skillful God was in his work of creation. See, I couldn't imagine being a doctor. Okay? Let me tell you why I couldn't imagine being a doctor. Because I'd probably stand there sometimes just absolutely amazed at what God had created. And not do the patient 
what needed to be done. My surgeries wouldn't be done in 30 minutes. It'd be three or four hours, okay? Well, let's see, what, how, what did God do here? Isn't this amazing what God did? Hey, nurses, y'all come over here, look at this. We'd never get finished. Why? Let me ask you a question. Have you lost your awe of him? Have you lost your sense of who he is? Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Some of y'all know this by heart and can quote it. I love verse 1. Notice what it says. The heavens are telling of the glory of who? Of God. The heavens declare the very glory of God and who He is. Just look at them. Absolutely breathtaking. And their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are their words, their voice is not heard, their line is gone out and through all the earth, and their utterance is to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. All right, I got to bring all of this to a close. That is wonderful that we see and understand the sovereignty of God, but what does it mean to us? I mean, how does it affect me today? Well, let me share a couple of things with you, and I'll finish with this, okay? Since he made it all, since he made it all, makes absolute sense that he's Lord of it all. Since he made it all, makes absolute sense that he's Lord of it all. I'm going to ratchet that down just a little bit further. And here's the significance of that statement. We owe all that we are we owe all that we are and have to Him. We owe all that we are and have to who? To Him. Why? He created it all. You know, I hear people say this all the time. What do you think is going to happen in the world? Exactly the way God designed it to occur. You ready for this? God's going to raise up kings. He's going to put down kings. All for the what? For the purpose of his will. Huh? So what's, what's something else about this? Well, 
Here's a third thing for you. We can know with absolute confidence that he will defeat all of his enemies and reign as sovereign king to be worshipped forever. Can you imagine what the new Jerusalem is going to be like? Huh? Have you ever considered it? The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Imagine what, imagine what that is going to be like. And then finally this morning, fourthly, how does it how does it affect us? How does it apply to us? Here it is. You ready? It should draw us continually to worship and praise. Offered to him for his greatness. It should draw us continually to worship and praise the one that is sovereign over all of the universe. That's who we serve. That's who we honor. That is the one who created all that there is. And yes, even for us to be able to enjoy creation. I mean, look at that. Isn't that amazing? You ready for this? And I know the architect of that. And his name is God.